Okay, here I am at Sleepy Burrows Wombat Sanctuary, which is near Gundaroo, New South Wales, and I'm talking to the owner, Donna Steppen. <laughs> and uh, Donna, you've got a really v- very strong personal interest, a very strong passion for our beloved Australian wombat. Can you just tell me how that came about? That came about when I had originally arrived in Australia. I took a drive to go and watch wombats in the wild to go and see what they were doing, how they did it, so that we could mirror our rehabilitation on that. Um, And I happened to be watching a male wombat which was grazing on the side of the road and only to have three young individuals in a white vehicle who swerved and hit it intentionally and then reversed and drove off laughing. And being new to the country, I didn't know where to go, who to call, what to do, but I had an approximate 40 kilo male wombat with a broken back with me that was dying. So all I could do was sit with it on the side of the road and um, I had to wait till he died and from that point on, I decided I was going to make a difference. So, but you already had an interest in wombats because you were out there looking anyway? Yes. I mean, I had already started with the rehabilitation side of things and had already... The, the interest was there. It just... That particular incident just sparked a passion in myself to make a difference that just grows and grows um working working with dogs and cats previously they have so many people that have a voice for them that can advocate for them wombats don't have a voice and that wombat was just doing what wombats do and for no other reason than being a wombat it was hit in such a way for fun and left so I just decided if we could be instrumental in stopping that type of behaviour and educating and sharing our passion, that's what we would like to do. So th- th- there's something about the wombat, and I've got to say that they've been trundling around the house as we've been on our visit here. They run into your legs, they charge back and down like a playful little dog. I'm telling you what I've seen in a wombat. What, what is it about wombats that really appeals to you? It's the pure drive to survive in nature. They are one of the strongest animals, not only physically but emotionally, that we've seen. What they endure on a weekly, nightly basis to just survive to the next day is unbelievable. Whether they're injured, whether they're being attacked, whether they're losing their habitat, there's still that determination in them that I... I don't think I've seen in any other animal besides the intelligence, the different personalities. No two wombats are the same. Um, And truth be known, I've met far more wombats that I would rather spend time with than human beings. So that's interesting. You, you talk about the the wombat character and their strength. I thought you might say that their appealing little face, their fairy bums. Oh, look, every I, I mean, as I have to explain to people with the work that we do, everybody wants a pet wombat. I try and explain to people that even I was cute when I was younger, but then I grew up. And just like a small wild animal, wombats grow up. They are incredibly cute when they're younger. They're incredibly payful. But the end result of a wombat is something that needs to be able to survive against an equal in the wild with an aggression that is unmatched. 
and that determination and strong will to live just comes across first and foremost when you work with the animals. When you raise one from 300 grams and you release over 30 kilos and you have it surviving in the bush 12, 13, 14 years later, it just gives you a determination to work with them and to realise how special they are. Well, your, your, your passion for the wombat is clear and it's fantastic. Now, when they are trundling around the house here and, <laughs> and we've just been up to the sanctuary yep. and we've walked into their enclosures and they come up and they nuzzle your legs and they, they follow you around, they're like a beautiful, playful pet. But there comes a time in their life, like you're saying, when they're just no longer suitable for being too close to humans. Absolutely, and that's part of our job. If we do what, if we work with them correctly, that in time will change because a wombat, by nature, is completely solitary. They don't want; they're not a pack animal. They're not a social animal. So, over time, the ones that you've met, if you had to come back in twelve months, you would meet a very different animal. Um, you would meet an animal that wanted nothing to do with you. That would probably attack if approached, and. The last process of rehabilitation for us with wombats is dehumanising them so that by the time they're released, they are solitary, they have the correct skills to survive in the bush and they want nothing to do with humans because humans, sadly enough, they need to steer very clear of when they're in the bush in the wild. So as long as we do our job properly, they will want nothing to do with us as the end result. So what you're talking about is what you might call the wombat nature. You're not turning them into cuddly, cute little playthings for us to to pat as we see fit. They are wild animals and they have their own place in the wild. Is that how you would put it? Absolutely. We've had... We get... um, Wombats are not allowed to be kept as pets in New South Wales. It is illegal. We do get confiscated wombats handed to the sanctuary, which we need to work with to rehabilitate back for the wild. And it can take as long as seven years to fix the damage done by humans. But the point I want to make is that we have never had a wombat that has never not wanted to go back to the bush. At the end of the day, the drive to live in the wild, underground and dig is what a wombat wants to do. And to do wombat things, how does it feel when you see one released and you watch it trundle off into the paddock, you know, when you've been with it for so many years and you've raised it and then you let it go finally? A lot of people ask that question and they ask us, is it sad to see them go? And the answer is categorically no, because when you see an animal that has such a strong instinct to want to go and be in the bush, to want to graze, to want to dig, to want to be a wombat, it actually is not fulfilling to see it in at, still at the sanctuary in a confined area. It's actually heartwarming to open up and knowing that because of what you've done, it has a second chance at life. So it's, it's, it's a joy to it see a wombat word. go and do wombat things. Absolutely. And in particular, when we catch them on our um, webcams at night, anything from 10 to 15 years later, and they're still out there, then we know we've done a good job. Uh, now, one thing that surprised me about wombats is that they, you know, we've already said how they can change their temperament as they get to a certain age. But the male-to-male aggression in particular is something that was surprising to me. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Wombat male aggression just floors me every time. It is the power of of two male wombats um, 
how can I put it, that are evenly matched is, it's unbelievable to see. What is probably not the easiest to work with is when you're out in the bush and you have an unequal match. So you have a 40 kilo dominant male and you potentially have a 25 kilo male that's still learning the ropes. Um, it's very difficult not to get involved and to stop the fighting that does occur because they need to learn to establish their own territory. They need to learn to either stick around and be able to stand up against that or they need to know to run. Um, you have to see it to believe it. Um, and it's, it's just something that I've never, ever seen other animals endure. And even after fighting, the strength that is still in them to continue to go on for self-preservation or to get out of a bad situation is just unmatched. So they're, they're stocky character, they're like a little Sherman tank. My word. That's, that's right through to their heart, it's not just the physical body. But these encounters can be lethal to a wombat, can't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've, I've, we've unfortunately been here firsthand, and one of the good things about being at the sanctuary is that we can step in. So we have had situations where males have been attacked to the point that if we hadn't stepped in, one would have been killed by the dominant male. What, what that enables us to do here is to actually take them in, allow them to recover, which otherwise wouldn't happen in the wild, and then we have then re-released re them successfully at a later date. These weaker wombats being a lot wiser the second time around. Sometimes it's the third time around. Obviously, in a natural environment, they wouldn't get that opportunity. So the benefit of the sanctuary is we give them that opportunity if we can. But what I do need to make very clear is that actually the dominant wombats over males and over every bit of wombat activity at the sanctuary is actually the female wombats. The female wombats dominate over the whole sanctuary. Ah, oh, so the female call, wombats are the ones in charge. The shots. They call yeah. shots. And so it's the men who huff and puff and make all the noise, <laughs> and it's the women They're, or female wombats. We have two female wombats that have dominated now for about 10 years. It's Veg and Daphne, and they are completely dominant. If a male comes and they are in an area with their joeys, you need earplugs with the screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the females, those two females dictate as to who goes where, and who goes where at what time, whether oh. you are male or female. So now, aside from lamentable human beings in cars and do terrible things, let's not go too much into that because it's a sad story, but there is another threat to the wombat. Can you tell me about that? We believe personally that it's mange, the psychoptic mange mite. Mange is not a mysterious disease. It's a very simple disease which happens, and the underlying reality is that if a wombat is not treated it is going to die there's no gray area in between um, it has been allowed to get out of control in many areas and at this point we would love to have seen more action on the ground in terms of treating mange wombats as well as their environments this is not going on on the scale that it needs to and we are losing the battle if anybody tells you otherwise, they're not being truthful. So is this a serious threat Absolutely. to the wombat? Absolutely. We believe so. With the numbers that we see, 
the notifications that we get of mange wombats that need assistance, the amount of wombats that we have to euthanise because there is nobody to go and treat them, there is nowhere to bring them into care to be treated um, because mange is highly contagious, so you need quarantine facilities. You're also talking about adult wombats, which wouldn't do very well to be brought into captivity. And the kinder option is sometimes to euthanise. You also need to look at the severity of the mange at the time. And unfortunately, when people, they allow emotions to get involved with mange. They don't, they see a wombat with mange. It needs to be treated. That takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication, a lot of money. And unfortunately, when people realise the level of commitment involved in all these areas, they te it tends to fall back on the importance list. The reality with that is that we will then get called anything from four to nine months later to be asked to please come and put the wombat down. So it has been allowed to suffer for all those months unnecessarily. And at the same time, it's also spreading spreading mange yeah. so, so we're not stopping we're not stopping suffering we're not, not stopping, stopping the spreading cause. we're not stopping the cause and it really uh, we've as at, Phil and myself say in the next 10 to 15 years we would that, almost bet that the wombat would be on the endangered list the, the bare-nosed wombat I just have to say that that little <laughs> clack 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 noise we just heard then was a very cute little wombat coming in it's how big would it be? Like ten kilos, maybe? Oh five, no, no, no! He's five only, kilos. No, he's only three and a half. Three and a half, and it's running round and round my legs. It's sniffing Katie's and toes. And bite. Oh, it's chewing on her. On chewing her legs. On her shoes. Uh, but it's it's incredibly playful little animal. Now his name is Elliot, but his nickname is Idiot. Oh, and now he's into my shoes. <laughs> uh, and so this is typical typical young male wombat, very different type of And um, Phil showed me uh, earlier what you do, whether how you approach a wombat who's going to be aggressive. There's one up the back there. Actually, it has um, a, a, a case of mange, I think. Is that Cruiser? Cruiser, yep. Yeah, and uh, what he did was he put his hand on its forehead and <laughs> pushed him back. Yep, yep. <laughs> but you've got to be aware that if you push a wombat like that, it's the, going to come back twice as hard if you don't get it they'll, right. They'll push hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, they have got such character, and now it's gone over to Katie's legs, and it's chewing on her sand shoes. You can uh, chew on her shoes as long as it doesn't It's very determined. It's, it's incredibly cute, incredibly <laughs> cute. Um, thank you for this little uh, cameo appearance to Elliot. Um, I think let's just uh, finally. Um, and if you want a wombat to like you, you pat him really hard on the bum. Yes, you pat. You, you scratch, you, you, scratch. You pat them on the bum. That's the way to a wombat's heart. All right, uh, um, Donna. It's, it's fantastic to talk to you now. If somebody wants to help, because you're running this sanctuary with with a few volunteers, what can people do to make a difference to to wombats? If people see manged wombats to let us know the location and the date. If people see any wrongdoing towards wombats, again, to let us know the location and date and we will deal with it. Um, if people, what I would love to see the sanctuary maybe foster in the future is people, groups of people who are willing to go into areas and task the mange Wombats. So there is a treatment, there is a... There is, wombats with mange can definitely be treated. It just takes dedication. dedication. And time yeah. and presumably money. Presumably money, which has never been an obstacle for us. 
um, if we haven't had the money, we found it. And I believe if you have enough of a passion and dedication behind it, you can make anything happen. That's a wonderful, and I believe that's we a, can that's do that. a wonderful way, and that does shine with you and Phil. And it's been a fabulous yeah. thing to talk to you, Donna, and to visit your sanctuary. And uh, maybe Katie and I, we should become Wombassadors, <laughs> and we go. To, we can join your on your website, which is. Well, that's uh, www.sleepyburrows.com.au. Yes. And in fact, by joining as Wombassadors, you will in fact help us fund. That's how we do fund mange. Treating mange wombats. Our wombassadors are core to the sanctuary continuing because we don't get any funding. Up until 12 months ago, it was Phil and I that funded everything. And the more funding we get, the more infrastructure we can put up for the wombats, the more wombats we can treat, um, the more chance we have of doing large-scale mange treatment programs. So get out there. We need more wombassadors. <laughs> and look after our wombats because absolutely. they are the most beautiful animal. They I deserve absolutely it. adore the wombats. This one's trying to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> that one's trying to kill Katie. Thank you very much, Donna. It's been a pleasure to talking to you. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Rod. <laughs> <laughs>